0: Hello, I'm Charles Commons, and this is Tech Demand Weekly. We've had a lot of feedback on last week's show with Elise Dobson via email, podcast at tech-demand.com, don't forget. It's great reading through all your comments, so thank you for that. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts too. It will help the podcast to be seen by even more people, and five stars would be great as well. This week, we go back to the subject of repurposing content. A few weeks ago, I spoke with Jeff Sass on the same subject and felt there was more to discuss. So let's get going. Ideally, you want to
1: optimize and repurpose your best performing content. Everyone's busy. They may engage with your blog posts, but they may say, oh, that's interesting, but I don't really have time right now. The main reason why we're doing this is save time. So if it took you four hours or eight hours to produce that original blog post, uh, now you're talking about less than an hour to update and republish None of us have a lot of time, right? We want to
0: eat dinner and, <laughs> and, and, or go out and have a pint. Nathan Isaacs began his career as a sailor on the submarine USS Baltimore before becoming a reporter for the Tri-City Herald in Washington. He moved into marketing in 2008 and is now a senior content strategist, copywriter, podcaster and video guy at Acton Software. The article that made me contact Nathan and ask him to appear on the show talks about how inspirational marketing keynote speaker Jay Baer will turn one five-minute video into 11 different pieces of content. It was apparent that Nathan would be the perfect person to follow up on our episode with Jeff Sass about repurposing content. So to begin with, I asked why Nathan believes repurposing and recycling content is a good strategy for B2B marketers. Yeah, I think it's a worthy strategy uh, for a few reasons. Uh,
1: brands, uh, including B2B brands, are becoming more and more of their own media companies as they communicate and engage with their prospects against across all sorts of uh, channels. But you don't have unlimited resources. So repurposing or recycling your content is an opportunity to leverage the work you've already done. And you're not willy-nilly recycling content. You should be strategically repurposing and recycling and optimizing your best performing content uh, so that you're getting the most bang for your buck there.
0: So you're always looking at the analytics of your previous content to make sure that that is the right content that you're repurposing again once more, rather than going and taking something that's maybe only had a handful of views or clicks. Um, You don't necessarily want to be repurposing that as such. Is that right?
1: Ideally, yes. Uh, Now, there are going to be those days when uh, you're under the weather or, you know, Nine other higher priority projects are coming in. And you're just going to mm-hmm. repurpose that one that had three views. So I, I think ideally you want to optimize and repurpose your best performing content, uh, what Larry Kim would call your uh, unicorn content. But we all have kids and and other things to do, people visiting us and all this kind of stuff. So there are gonna, definitely going to be days that you repurpose content just to make sure that uh, you don't break your cadence.
0: So what are the benefits of repurposing your existing content then that you've already got?
1: Well, uh, the desired benefit is that you're going to increase your organic search results in Google, Bing, and the other search engines. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another benefit is just to reach new audiences uh, as your organic results improve, as well as you activate and promote that recycled content across your channels. So uh quite often nobody may have seen you know that original blog post that you did or they've just become aware of you they may have just discovered that they had a problem or pain point and they've come to you as their solution or potential solution and they may not know and they don't have the time to go back 3 years to surf back to that blog post that you wrote about you know in acton's case you know lead segmentation so being able to kind of republish that blog post enables them to be able to see that content now again with fresh eyes
0: so it's uh, like you like you say there. To, it's almost to stop people having to trawl through pages and pages of uh, of previous content that you've uploaded, um, and it's just a chance for people to see that for the first time at the time that you repurpose it instead. Exactly,
1: and you know, ideally, you're also activating your content or promoting this content. That so, you know, I go back in, I republish uh, a blog post that was a high performing blog post that I've. Updated, you know, for 2018, but I'm also going to be sharing that blog post out on social, uh, whether that's Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, and so you're also reaching new audiences uh, that way as well. So the idea came up during one of our Monday strategy meetings. Why don't we do an audio version of our blog posts and post them to the main podcast feed? Surveys of our audience showed that they were much more drawn to audio content than to reading. So the preference from them was to consume content on the go. So our blog posts were getting traffic, but not nearly the traction that we get from our feature audio show. We wanted to continue blogging so that we'd have the Google juice provided by fresh text content, but we hated thinking that a huge piece of our following never even saw our blog content. And so we started an experiment and
0: Jeremy and I each chose a couple posts that we had written and we recorded an audio version of each of them how important is it then to make sure that your content is up to date i mean uh, it, it it must be a temptation literally to just go into a, a previous blog post that that you that you've written you know is there you know it it makes sense to be re-released now there must be just a temptation just to press share and and just let it go back in, into the world again as a fresh
1: definitely uh i think you have to realize i mean it may benefit you to some dis- extent but mm-hmm. if you can just have take out 15 minutes just to r- click all the links and make sure those links that were in that blog post still work yeah uh if you want to you're you're referencing You know, some pop culture sort of reference that doesn't make sense anymore, Mm -hmm. you may want to update that. So those are the little things that you might want to just spend the extra 10 or 15 minutes to do. And if you could spend a little bit more time, then I think there might be an opportunity to add some rich content, uh, rich media content in there. So a video, uh, a podcast that you've done on this subject and be able to embed that into that post. And now you just kind of get in a richer experience. Uh, It Mm -hmm. could be that when you originally published that post, you are using a WordPress plugin that you no longer have, or 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 a style format, and it just has sort of—it's not an optimized image. It might be that you know the, your headlines and your H1 and H2 and H3 tags are just kind of ugly looking. So you know, just going back and spend that extra little bit of time can just make. Ideally, in the end, it's not just about republishing content; it's just about giving the content that your audience wants. Uh, and and being able to do it in a way that they can engage with the content. So if you're just republishing a post, uh, it may not be something that they can engage with. It's gonna be hard to read or something like that. So you have to think about those things.
0: So it's not just the case of thinking about is the research that's in this uh this content that I've already got this blog post is this the most up to date it's also about making sure it still looks good uh so that people don't turn away as soon as they open up the link
1: absolutely you know and this is something that we discover on the acton software uh blog posts uh or blog all the time is you know there are blog posts that were published back in 2015 2014 that are high performing content but they have you know, they were using clip art uh, as the images when I'm like, why don't we just use an image quote that we can also use in social media when we want to promote this. So just thinking about things like that, uh, it takes five or 10 minutes to do and you get all the benefit from that later on. So that's a five or 10 minute investment that keeps on paying.
0: You talk about the rule of four um, that you have in your blog post, Once is Never Enough. Um, Can you explain what the rule of four is for you?
1: Yeah, for us, uh, the rule of four, and I'm sure other companies have different names for this, but the idea is that you're going to look for four ways to leverage that piece of content. And, you know, just we're talking on right now on a podcast, and so I can use our example of podcasts. This is Episode 60 of the Rethink Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Isaacs. In this week's episode, we chat with David Robb about being strategic with your marketing technology. You know, I've interviewed some smart people over the last couple of years, many of whom are thought leaders in marketing, Mm -hmm. Ann Hanley, Larry Kim, for example. And in addition to to publishing that podcast, I then publish an optimized post uh, landing page for that podcast. I transcribe that interview that I did with them and then use that as a blog post a few months later. Uh, I will then go and take, the top 10 quotes that they shared and turn that into a slide share. I can also use those quotes and embed those into interviews and uh, eBooks and, and so forth that are related to the topic. Uh, and then I might even also republish a podcast, you know, a year later and a shortened f- format, maybe a five or 10 minute episode that just kind of gets into the, to the meat of the interview. <music>
0: Have you ever been tempted just to release all four of those different versions at the same time? Is it important that you kind of hold off and and, and make sure you hold back some of that repurposing for a later date?
1: Definitely people will will release everything all at once. And I think you're doing yourself a disservice. The reason why you're repurposing and and applying the rule of four is that you can spread out that message and still be part of the conversation a week later, two weeks later, three weeks later, you know, a year later. The idea that your audience is gonna see. All four of those pieces of content all at once is kind of ridiculous. Uh, everyone's busy. They may engage with your blog post, but they may say, "Oh, that's interesting," but I don't really have time right now. Uh, and then you republish uh, something else. You put out a slide share. You do a video or a podcast uh, a month later. Maybe they have more time at that point in time to engage with your content, and then they can circle back and read the more depth in depth piece. Uh, whether that was a podcast or blog post, so the idea is really just kind of keeping that cadence and keeping that conversation alive.
0: One of the things uh, we spoke to uh, Jeff Sass previously on this podcast uh, on the same subject, he talked about how he will release content at multiple different times throughout either the day or through the throughout the week when he after he's first published something. And I
1: think you have to think in terms of where your target audience is situated. You know, we have a very global business, so so literally it's a 24-hour time cycle for us. You know, and when it's 9 a.m. here in Fort Lauderdale, where I'm based, it's 9 p.m. in in Beijing, where we have customers too. There's absolutely the opportunity to be posting things around a 24-hour cycle and reaching different time segments but if you're uh, marketing specifically to North America for example then you want to time your things accordingly but that doesn't mean during
0: business hours. So when repurposing your content do you think about releasing the same content that you've got at multiple different times throughout the day or the week or, or would you rather actually repurpose it into different pieces of contents like videos or podcasts like you said before so that you get a slightly different audience for them.
1: I think it's a, a little bit of both so definitely going to apply our rule of four and, and try and think of different ways to repurpose that content into other formats uh, that you know some people uh, like to read. Some people are more visually oriented and they want to watch a video so'm I'm, I'm thinking about that.
0: There are over 60 million people just in the US that drink light beer. A lot of them are really kind of frustrated and disappointed that there isn't a good tasting light beer out in in the market. We really listened to our customers
1: and beer consumers in the United States and found they wanted a light beer with a hoppier taste. So we remade the formula. As soon as we did that, we won our Best Tasting Light Award in the World Beer Championships.
0: So then the challenge was
1: how can we take this functional uh, message to the consumer in a compelling,
0: exciting and witty way.
1: So we brought on Neil Patrick Harris as our spokesperson. I'm Neil Patrick Harris and this is Heineken Light. We used kind of his humor and wit and created a storyline that people ended up really enjoying. There are certain regulations prohibiting me from taking a sip in a television commercial but trust me, it's delicious. When I publish my blog posts, we have a pretty strict, you know, we're publishing it at this time Mm -hmm. and we just want to be consistent with that. So, you know, there's, there's a reason to be consistent. Somebody can reliably wake up in the morning, go on to our blog and read a blog post that we published that day. uh, And it's always going to be there. I think where the different times comes into play is how you promote that blog post or that ebook that you just published or that video that you just published. We worked with Facebook where we got these videos and all this content out in front of consumers. Within only three days, we were able to reach 54% of our audience, which is tremendous for us. We were able to grow brand awareness by 11%, which is spectacular for this brand and we were able to grow recall by 7 percent. Most TV networks don't get that number, so we're we're looking at massive reach in a three-day period. And so what you're seeing is not just large numbers of people engaging with your content, but also they're actually remembering what they see. The month after we ran the campaign was probably the most successful Heineken Light month in four or five years. So that's when you really know when your efforts made a difference. People are consuming video on mobile more than ever this is one of those campaigns that's able to sit as a best in class example on how to use Facebook video. You think about Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter and all these others, uh, they're not making money by giving you free airtime. You know? So uh, the likelihood that you're organically going to be discovered uh, by your audience uh, just by one post is, is kind of ridiculous. So you have to keep pushing it out pushing it out think about maybe paid promotion if you do some paid you know social promotion about a blog post or m- mostly about an ebook mm-hmm. or a video maybe is then you can then add in the opportunity to maybe do some retargeting later on so those are the things to think about and i definitely agree with him uh it's just for us what we do is we have that consistent we publish uh, our blogs, you know, so that's 6 a.m. Uh, you know U.S. East Coast time. And then we promote all that content at different times, at different days. Uh, and we always experiment. We do a weekly uh, recap of our blog and we send that email out to people that subscribe. Okay. Uh, and I've tested, you know, whether that's working better on sa- Saturdays or on Sundays or Mondays, uh, whatever days that I get the most engagement out of that. Pretty soon, this is definitely an area where personalization and, and AI will definitely come into play. Uh, So you'll have marketing technology platforms, you know, kind of like Mm Acton, where you'll be able to just say, you know, send it to when this particular person engages with that content the most. So you'll just hit one button and you don't have to worry about when it's getting sent out. It'll be sent out, you know, multiple times, uh, but it will go uniquely to that one individual when they engage with that sort of content on a regular basis.
0: That's really interesting. I I write a very small blog. I have a thing where every Sunday I upload at 6 PM UK time. That seems to be through the analytics when, when I get most of my reach for my audience. Um, but then when I actually go in and look at the analytics through WordPress, it will tell me that someone in the United States or Australia has actually read that post or read previous posts uh, in the past. And obviously, 6pm on a Sunday night in the UK is going to be the middle of the night or late at night the day before for people on the other side of the world. So I've kind of looked at it and gone, should I therefore re-release and, and put it through again so that it's at a better time zone for people in different parts of the world, some uh, piece of software or a tool that would actually allow it to go through and be done automatically, you press publish and then it sends it to the people mm-hmm. at their right time. That, that sounds, well, it, it sounds very modern in, in the way that that would actually go ahead and work, almost Star Trekky kind of sort of thing. But you kind of sort of look at it and go, that must take some of the workload off of off of you as a business and allow you to then concentrate on just producing the content.
1: Well, I, yeah. And so I think you, you know, there's that law of diminishing returns, right? Mm-hmm. So if you keep trying to republish and republish and republish, you can be spending all your time for one or two more readers uh, to engage, or you can just say, this is the best time. I'm going to get 80% of my audience at this point in time at 6 p.m. on a Sunday mm-hmm. in, you know, UK time. And then I can start engage, you know, creating that next piece of content. Because you know, we just none of us have a lot of time, right? We want to eat dinner and <laughs> and and or go out and have a pint, whatever it might be. Uh, so you also have to think about your resource of who's producing the content and and their time as you know as far as scheduling the content. Then I think I don't know this, you know, but just as we talk about this, you know, how are we republishing this? Are we republishing so we have a multiple blog post? Are we just updating the publish time on the blog posts? Because, you know, if you're republishing and having duplicate content, then all of a sudden you might have, you know, an, a negative effect uh, on that. So you have to kind of be wary of that. So you, you know, definitely update the time when it was published and just go back in there. Yeah, you know, there's all sorts of little things that you have to think about. You know, are, do you have an RSS feed uh, that's sending, you know, the latest, you know, last three blog posts mm-hmm. to your audience? If you're republishing a lot, it may just be that one blog post that's getting sent out over and over and over again. So those are it, it gets into the you know weeds uh, at, at that
0: point in time. Thanks, Nathan. You can listen to the whole interview with Jeff Sass on our podcast feed. Just choose episode two. We'll be back with Nathan on Tech Demand Weekly shortly. Tech Demand is a B two B platform who specialise in connecting organisations with their customers. Tech Demand create unique and engaging specialist content which is evergreen for generating campaign success. Visit the website tech-demand.com to discover how Tech Demand can help you. Welcome back to Tech Demand Weekly, where this week I'm speaking to Nathan Isaacs about repurposing content. To kick off the next part of the episode, I asked Nathan how you can start repurposing content if you've not been doing it before. The answer there, uh, well, the correct answer is that it depends, right? Okay. Uh, If you've only
1: been creating blog posts and you're thinking about repurposing that content into something else, Mm. then I think uh, you have to think about it in terms of your business objective. Okay. So, you know, you can think about the blog post as being that top of funnel, bringing brand awareness Mm -hmm. of visitors to your website. Then maybe what you want to do then is repurpose the content, into more of a middle funnel or a bottom of funnel piece of content. Okay. And that could be anything from a webinar, an on-demand webinar, or a gated uh, video that you might do, an uh, ebook, or a uh, white paper.
0: So how do you know which content to repurpose? Uh, what should you be looking for in your existing content?
1: Yeah, I think uh, th- sort of three things, to th- three big things to think about, and then uh, we can slice and dice within those. Okay. Uh, so first, you want to take a look at the content that you have and that's being engaged with from your audience. So you're going to take a look at your analytics and maybe at a baseline, that's your Google analytics. Mm -hmm. Uh, It could be the analytics from your marketing technology platforms. So if you use an act on or Marketo or something else, you would use that. And then you also want to take a look at your, if you're using social media, any of the analytics packages that they have there as well uh, and see what they're engaging with. And then also you, you, you may or may not have this, but if you've, it's hard work to do, uh, or s- sort of a slow slog through. But uh, making sure that you're connecting your content into your CRM systems, uh, whether that's Dynamics, Sugar, or Salesforce, and then seeing what content is being used by people that later become leads or close one deals. Uh, and so you want to take a look at all that, and then decide you know what is your know, your best performing pages for you know close one deals, revenue, uh, or leads. Uh, The pages, if you're looking at your Google Analytics, the pages that uh, have the most likelihood of jumping from page two to page one on the Mm -hmm. search results uh, to pages that may have a lot of traffic, but also have a high bounce rate. So uh, something about how you uh, originally built the page, you know, from how it was originally optimized is people are seeing in the search results, but when they get to your page, they're kind of left wanting and they jump back out. So maybe there's some work you need to do there. Uh, Two pages that have high traffic, but they're just, they don't end up uh, resulting in leads. And so maybe there might be an opportunity to to add a call to action or something like that and mm-hmm. that sort of content. The next area to look at is, you know, what kind of content is evergreen? You're not going to do a post about, you know, referencing, you know, some sort of time event, the 2000, whatever, the two World Cups from, you know, ago, Mm -hmm. um, if it's not relevant to what you're talking about today. Uh, So you want to make sure that, you know, your content is evergreen. And and by that, I mean, you know, it's still relevant and it's still valuable months and even years later. And then finally, uh, I think the third thing that really you have to think about is, you know, you want to repurpose content that still applies to your business. So I may have a high engaging piece of content on my blog. I may have a high engaging piece of content that's an ebook, but it's about a product that I don't offer or a service that I don't offer anymore. You know, I started looking at that point of retiring that asset rather than uh, repurposing it. Or how can I repurpose it and and change the focus to something that I am offering or an area where I do want to focus on with regards to my business?
0: So really then you're sort of looking at it and you're saying you'll go in and you with the, with the evergreen posts that that are there and have performed well for you and already mean that they're going to still work in in that present space in that present time those are maybe the first ones to really go and look at the things that are, are there and are relevant to what you're doing right now and that you can maybe just update with new research facts or or just update as you said before with just making it look brighter and fresher and match your other existing content that you've got coming out at the same time.
1: Absolutely. You know, and for us, you know, we're, we're talking about a company that markets to marketers. And so what they're always thinking about is, you know, getting more leads, uh, segmenting those leads, scoring those leads. So that sort of content that I produce uh, is, you know, our bread and butter. There will always be videos or blog posts about lead segmentation, lead scoring on the Act On blog. Uh, and I will just keep on updating that. But there's going to there's gonna be new statistics, how many successful companies lead score or how many companies, that's always going to change year to year. There's going to be a new survey data that I can add in there. Uh, there are going to be new thought leaders on the subject that I may have interviewed in a podcast that I can pull a quote from and put that into that post uh, and update it for 2018. And then I think there's just a the benefit. If you can update smartly and also add in sort of the time element of you know updated for 2018 or updated for 2019. That's what people are going to be searching for. They're going to be searching for uh, lead scoring in 2018 or uh, lead segmentation in 2019 or building your budget for your 2019 marketing budget. So if I can build, you repurpose old content, but with. Optimized for those sort of keywords and I can start taking advantage of that traffic as well.
0: Would you with something like that? So say you're you're looking at you've got a blog post and it is lead marketing. uh, Sorry lead generation in uh, 2017 last year. That's that's what you've got there already as existing and you want to then make it um, For 2018 so that you'll get further hits. You're obviously going to be updating it so that it is still relevant but At the same time, you must be able to therefore just sort of go, right, well, I've I've got this piece of content here. If I just change the wording on the title of it to say in 2017 and then repurpose it and just have in 2018, that must be the easiest thing in the world to be able to do and really cut down the time that you have to spend actually marketing your business.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that goes back to the main reason why we're doing this is save time. So if it took you four hours or eight hours to produce that original blog post. Uh, now you're talking about, you know, less than an hour to update and republish that uh, blog post. There there are some nuances, right? There's some caveats to all this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not going to change the URL of that original blog post. So there's some things that you, you want to kind of set yourself up to be able to repurpose. Okay. Uh, and, you know, that will be removing the date time in your URL structure, your, Uh, permalink structure. Uh, So there are plenty of blog posts and, you know, how to's on how to do that out there on the web. So you can look at how to do that. And you want to really think about uh, that sort of URL title. So you wouldn't have, you know, acton.com slash blog slash marketing plan 2019. It might just be how to build your marketing plan. And then in your SEO title, your H1 title, you would have update your marketing plan for 2019 that type of thing. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes it could even just be, you have a generic enough title for it. You could just add one sentence at the top of it that says, this is, you know, one of our best performing pieces of content. We've updated it uh, for 2019 on how to build your marketing plan. As just like an editor's note, you can just quickly say this blog post is about updating, you know, creating your marketing plan for 2019. Uh, And that could be just all you do. And then re, hit, you know, republish.
0: So it sounds to me that you, you can almost change the the wording. So from repurpose to to recycle. Um, yeah. And, and just think of it more in, in that fashion might make it sim- a bit more simple to actually understand and to get your idea through.
1: Absolutely. You know, another term, historical optimization is uh, another term that's used quite often okay. uh, about what we're talking about. It's like going back to that best performing content and just opti- optimizing it updating it and then you know recycling it for today
0: is it also a case that you can you can repurpose other people's content that, that obviously as long as it fits in with your business product that you're actually trying to market can you take content created by clients and then repurpose it for your own use yeah I, I
1: think you just have to do that smartly. Right. Uh, okay. so you want to make sure that y- you're remaining legal. Uh, so you don't want to infringe on anyone's copyright. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it might definitely, but there's also on the flip side of that, there's the fair use uh, of that content. And then you want also want to make sure, and I think you are mentioned this, what you want to make sure that's in the right context. Mm-hmm. Uh, so quite oftentimes and many successful, uh, websites do this is basically just curate content, right? They're going out there, finding the the relevant content uh, about building that marketing plan for 2019, and then maybe add one paragraph of their own content, uh, a few paragraphs of this content that they're repurposing, and then a link to the original source of that content. I think you want to just make sure that you're not getting yourself in a position where you know someone's going to come back and say, take that off your website mm-hmm. or... You're duplicating content and going to take a negative hit. So you want to attribute it, uh, you know, with a real canonical URL so that Google knows that the original source was somewhere else uh, and that you're just republishing it on your blog uh, or on your website. So, you know, just staying within the confines of you know being legal, but I think it's definitely a great idea. Your audience, they, they're busy. And I, I, I've said this a hundred times. <laughs> everyone's so busy. I don't think anyone has any time on their hands just to kind of surf around, or at least they won't admit to it, uh, that they have the time on their hands to surf around and try and find the relevant blog posts. And so anything that you can do to help answer your audience's questions and address their pain points, even if there's a better blog post from another site, that's what you should be doing. And that's why they're going to engage with you over the long
0: haul. I think that's quite actually a very good way of putting it because when, when I'm going out and looking for, for guests to come and appear on this podcast, I'm usually finding them through blog posts that they've done on websites like convinceandconvert.com or, or or other places that they've already either written for specifically or that their name is just mentioned. And then I'll go and find them actually on LinkedIn uh, and then introduce myself and then and then go from there. So in a way, you could probably just, Try and get your name out there and get somebody else to actually uh, market you for you. And as long as they insert your name into their content, then there might always be that call to action to to link that customer back to your actual business yourself.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. In my previous career, I used to be a newspaper reporter and I worked in a small section of Washington state, which is on the West coast of the U S mm-hmm. uh, in the Southwest, uh, Southeast corner of it. And I would be responsible for writing, you know, all the local news that was going on. But then there would be a big national or international event. Two thousand one, you know, nine eleven. How could I localize that to my audiences there? So I was taking content that the Associated Press or you know the New York Times or the Washington Post was writing on these subjects, and then taking those elements as reported in the Washington Post as reported in the New York Times but localizing it to my audiences so the same questions that were being asked you know nationally I was asking locally to local officials and then building that content together and so we were able to do that and and you know we published a special edition that day but we were able to create a lot of content quickly by able you know being able to do that
0: This just in, you were looking at obviously a very disturbing live shot there. That is the World Trade Center. And we have unconfirmed reports this morning that a plane has crashed into one of the towers of the World Trade Center, CNN Center right now. So my last question then is, you've already actually hinted on this before, but how do you know when it's time to retire your content and start creating something new?
1: I think uh, you can think about it in sort of three ways, right? When no one's engaging with it, I think that's that's the number one sign. (laughs) it no longer applies to your business, right? You're, you were selling product X and now you're selling product Y, it might not be worth having on your site or it's just bad. And there's no way, there's no quick way for you to just kind of go back and fix it and then repurpose it. You know, so it's just bad quality. It was sort of fluff that you published Mm -hmm. when you didn't know any better. Uh, (laughs) And, and it's just not worth the time and effort of repurposing it, you know, and then I think, answering those kind of questions, then you can start thinking about the strategies of getting rid of it. Sometimes even when it's not being engaged with, there might be an opportunity there. If you had three or four posts that nobody was engaging with, could you then just retire those assets, you know, use the appropriate, you know, 410, you know, retirement sort Mm -hmm. of URL redirect to it. uh, And then go in there and take those, those three or four posts and combine them into maybe a guide so there's still maybe an opportunity to repurpose it, but it's probably not you know worth your time and effort uh, to keeping it up there on, on your blog anymore.
0: One of the things that I remember being told probably by a lecturer somewhere along the line was that whatever you do, writing, audio, whatever it is, don't ever just get rid of it. It will always be something to remind you of kind of where you've come from. Could you do the same sort of thing with your your, your marketing content a sort of leave it up there and, and say, look, you know, okay, this was four years ago. We've learned a lot since then and we're now much better at um, marketing ourselves and the product is much better than it was back then. But look how far we've come from those early days. Is it worth maybe just leaving it there in that case to sort of show your development over time? I,
1: that's definitely a strong argument for doing that. The other point to that is, you know, that post is findable. Uh, You know, in search engine results, right? So someone searched for some term, they came to that post, that audience member who you want to engage with is looking at that post. And maybe they don't know that you've updated anything, that's their first look at you. Hmm. And they're gonna make a judgment decision, you know, and there's a lot of stats that it's only gonna be, you know, four or five seconds. And before they make their next decision, whether they should click to the next link or click back to their search results and go find another piece of content. So yes, I think it's worth having on there as long as it's not negatively affecting you keeping those you know those visitors and having them engage with your website and, and engage with your brand. If they're just gonna uh, bounce right back to the search results mm-hmm. because it's just not helping you, then I, you're doing yourself a disservice by keeping up there.
0: My thanks to Nathan Isaacs. If you'd like to hear more from Nathan, you can subscribe to his podcast on Apple Podcasts. It's called Rethink Marketing. You can also check out the Acton website at act-on.com. That's it for this week's episode. Next time, I'll be speaking with social media and Twitter expert Madeline Sklar about how Twitter is still a viable marketing platform if you use it correctly. If you like this episode, then please subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. I'm Charles Commons, and this is Tech Demand Weekly. Thanks for listening.